Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Thursday morning headlines. Police need help finding a 14-year-old girl missing out of Kyle. They're looking for Sofia Gonzalez. She was last seen at 4 yesterday afternoon. Anyone with any information is asked to call 911. Os police need your help finding two suspects. They say hit a police car during a traffic stop and took off. It happened back on Saturday, October 14th in Northeast Austin on Chimney Creek Circle, close to 183 and 290. The man driving has black hair and a bowl cut style. The passenger has black hair with a blonde stripe. The Texas Department of Transportation is hosting a meeting today on proposed improvements along FM 812. The state agency is proposing to realign and widen FM 812 from US 183 to SH 21 in Travis and Bastrop counties. We have that map for you here. KXAN found FM 812 as one of the deadliest roads in the Austin area, marked by rapid expansion, a lot of traffic, and dated infrastructure. That meeting starts at 5 tonight at the Camino Real Elementary School. And we have one more day of a little more warmth this week, <laughs> and then it all changes. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. And I'm Jayla Washington, and for Sally Hernandez, yeah, make sure you get out and enjoy it, because the first of two cold fronts arrives tonight. City already talking today about next week's weather forecast, and really making sure everyone is starting their preparations now. Yeah, they're going to have a press conference this morning at 10. We have meteorologist Kristen Curry ahead of that, mm -hmm. and uh, we know they're going to talk a lot about these weather preps and this is the real deal. Yeah, and, and to be honest, most of those should be finishing right. right now because this thing is coming. We've been warning you about it for the last four to five days. We first talked about this on Sunday, so shouldn't be a surprise. Now it's just kind of a waiting game to see when is this going to exactly come in because it's all about the timing of that cold front on Sunday. Clouds and radar this morning, quiet, lively outside. Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center camera in South Austin. Looking good. We have mostly clear sky out there, so it is a cold start to the day. Again, seeing 30 is out in the hill country, 39, Burnett 45, Georgetown 48 in Austin. Most of us east of I-35 in those lower 50s, though. Technically speaking, warmer than yesterday for most areas, up by 12 degrees here in Austin, closer to 20 degrees warmer over the last 24-hour readings and gettings, but it's a couple cooler spots out in the hill country. So I do anticipate today being probably the best day of the next seven, considering we've got a good amount of sunshine with some fair weather clouds in between. Temperatures going to feel fantastic. 73 with some breezy conditions in the mix. No rain anticipated today. We'll probably squeeze at least a few showers tonight, though. So kind of in between tonight and early tomorrow morning. It'll be quick. Not something that I'm super concerned about. But an update to the wintry mix potential with that strong Arctic cold front Sunday into Monday. I'll have that for you in your first morning forecast. All right, thank you, Kristen. We are getting our first look at what happened at an apartment complex in North Austin where an APD officer shot and killed a man who was holding a BB gun. Yeah, you're going to see part of that interaction between police and the man actually asking police to shoot him, and you'll hear the 911 call. KXAN's Grace Reader breaks it down. We'll start with this video from the apartment complex, which shows two patrol cars approaching the man, later identified as Conrad Farad Korshahian. You can see what appears to be a long gun in his hand. Police say he called 911 on himself. The emergency there. Uh, there is a man with a rifle in the middle of the parking lot. Okay, he's in the parking lot, and is he aiming at anybody or just holding a rifle? No, he's, he's stopped shooting. He's shooting? What is he shooting at? 
I don't know. Transitioning to officers' body cams, you see officers get out of their patrol cars and hear Korshahian asking officers to shoot him. Everyone 10, one armed with what might be a rifle pointing at us. Hold the air. One officer says on the radio that it might be a pellet gun, but later calls it a rifle. Several days after the shooting, APD said it was actually a BB gun. They have to a certain degree assume that the guy who's threatening them with the rifle, what they what they believe is a rifle, they have to believe that's a deadly threat. One of the officers, who we now know as Officer Andrew Horn, works his way around the parking lot to get a better view of the man, and then shots are fired. Drop the weapon! You can't see the man in the body camera video, but you can in this one, where you see him raise that BB gun toward the direction of the officer. And you see that BB gun the best here when officers toss it away from the man. What limitations do body camera videos have in terms of what the public can interpret from them? A lot, a lot, a great deal. It's not capturing what that officer sees through their own eyes, and it doesn't absorb the totality of the circumstances. Grace Reader, KXAN News. According to APD, the officer who fired shots has been put with the department has uh, was has been with the department rather for four and a half years, and he is on administrative leave while the investigation is ongoing. That is per APD policy. And looking in depth, this was the third shooting involving an Austin police officer back in December of 2023. On December 16th, three APD officers shot and killed a man downtown on East Sixth Street. They are responding to a call of a man trying to take a gun into a bar. Police say the man pointed a gun at officers. And two weeks earlier, an officer shot a man at a home on Brecken Lane in South Austin. In that case, police say the man may have been experiencing a mental health crisis. Officers say he pointed a gun at them as well, and the man shot is expected to be okay. A stepmother now faces charges alongside her stepson and his father. It's connected to the murders of a pregnant San Antonio teen and her boyfriend. Yeah, you'll remember that officers found the bodies of Matthew Guerra and Savannah Soto just before the holidays and days before she was supposed to give birth. Now, San Antonio police have arrested 47-year-old Mirtha Ramos, Romanos, I should say, on three charges. Altering, destroying, or concealing of a human corpse, abuse of corpse, and tampering with evidence. Police say she is the stepmother of 19-year-old Christopher Preciado. He's been charged with capital murder. Preciado's father, Ramon, is also charged with helping him move the bodies. Now, police believe Romanos was seen on surveillance video getting out of a truck and handing Preciado a towel outside of the apartment complex where the victims were later found. They say Romanos also admitted it was her gun used in the murders. Police believe the killings were a result of a botched drug deal. Still ahead on KXAN News today, uh, the Iowa caucus is just days away. Which candidate is ending their campaign this week? And we're looking to see if an apartment's plan is even legal. As the complex told residents, it's going to shut off water to prepare for the freezing weather. Good morning. This is a live look from Des Moines, Iowa, where it is chilly. If uh, you're worried about our weather here in the next couple of days, just wait until you see what it's going to look like in parts of the Midwest right around freezing. And the Iowa caucus is just days away. Comes as former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie ended his campaign on Wednesday. That announcement happening hours before debate between candidates Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. So at this time, he has not made any endorsements for other GOP candidates, but Christie's departure may boost Haley's campaign, and he's already facing pressure 
to endorse her. NBC's Garrett Hakey has more from Iowa. A big night on the campaign trail, a debate here in Iowa and a town hall from Donald Trump, even as the race gets smaller with Chris Christie dropping out in New Hampshire. How his exit from the race could affect both Iowa and the rest of the race. All of that coming up this morning on Today. Former President Donald Trump will not be allowed to speak during closing arguments in his New York civil fraud trial. The judge in that case denied his request to speak Wednesday in a letter to Trump's attorneys. The letter says the former president failed to agree to preconditions set forward by the judge. In the letter, he asked Trump to agree to limit his subjects while speaking and to comply with his existing gag order. But after three extended deadlines, Trump still had not responded to the request. We really want to make sure that we can keep our animals as comfortable as possible. Still ahead, how will shelter animals here in Austin, exposed to the elements, stay warm with freezing weather coming? Austin Pets Alive, hoping to get its cats and dogs taken care of. Plus, the request for the Texas Attorney General, why he wants the state Supreme Court to intervene in a lawsuit. Good morning, welcome back to KXAN News Today. Time now is 444. Showing you a live picture out at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. It is chilly out there, cold front coming in tonight. We're going to check in with meteorologist Kristen Curry in just a bit. The first Round Rock police are investigating a suspicious death. They say officers initially responded to a possible suicide yesterday afternoon at the Regency Dell Ranch Apartments on Louisiana Boulevard. Now they say it is suspicious, but add there is no threat to the public. As we begin preparing for this frigid weather, people living at a Round Rock apartment complex may not have water. The townhomes at Double Creek emailed renters saying it's going to shut off water to prevent pipes from bursting. That notice didn't specify when the complex would do this or for how long. Sandalwood Management oversees that property and it says that the original message wasn't clear. It since told KXAN that staff will only turn off the water if the temperature drops below the low 20s adding that would likely only be overnight. But can it do this legally? Leaving people without water just to prevent those busted pipes is not something that should be happening. We would definitely recommend for tenants to contact uh, 311 um, to get a code inspector out on the property. Now, the complex says that it's going to be sending out a clarifying notice to residents regarding that water plan. When it comes to renters' rights, according to the Texas State Law Library website, if your property is unsuitable because of a natural disaster, you still need to give your landlord written notice that you want to terminate your lease. Also, a landlord may allow you to move to another rental unit owned by that same landlord without extending your lease. If your property is partially damaged because of a natural disaster, you may be entitled to a reduction in rent until repairs are complete. And when it comes to repairs, you're going to need to make a proper repair request. I'm not ready for this cold weather, I'm going to be honest. Oh, I, I have not made my, um, my usual pilgrimage to the grocery store <laughs> yeah. where I get the ice I, and all of that. Yeah, it's always good to be prepared, mm -hmm. always. This is not going to be long lasting. So we're talking about two to maybe two and a half days. Okay. So hopefully that brings comfort for those who waited at the last minute to prepare. Let me show you what we are preparing for because you still have a few days, yes. But literally today is going to be the warmest day of the next seven, one of the best days of the next seven as far as temperatures go, as far as weather conditions go because our first in a pair of cold fronts comes in 
tonight. So we begin with clouds and radar not showing anything yet. Looking at the day planner, we're in the 30s and 40s now. We're warming to the 70s today. A fantastic feeling January afternoon. The one little hiccup will be some wind still. Still fighting breezy conditions. Those will gently be out of the south today at about 10 to 20 miles per hour, gusting closer to 30. But mix of sun and clouds, that kind of warmth. Get all those last minute cold weather precautions done because like I said, the cold front coming in tonight is going to leave us with some not so pleasant weather tomorrow. Most of the day, you're going to find sunshine. The cold front doesn't arrive until the overnight hours. The clouds will come first this evening, but the rain not likely to start until about midnight. And you'll notice it's not very widespread. It's only a 20% chance of an isolated shower or storm, mainly I-35 eastward overnight and then gone by the time I see you tomorrow morning at 4.30 a.m. So I'm not super concerned about the storm chances here. If we do see a thunderstorm develop, there's a very low concern that it does turn strong to severe, but we're not talking about a tornado risk here. We're talking about maybe some strong winds and some hail if those storms manage to reach that severe criteria, but most of them won't. We won't really have a lot of storm action out there to begin with. So that's what's going to happen today. We've got windy conditions behind this cold front tomorrow. So tomorrow we get back to the wind advisories going about 40 to 50 miles per hour with the wind gusts on Friday. So that's what I'm thinking today will definitely be the better day. Then we get into the weekend. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, fairly quiet. But by the time we hit Sunday, New data this morning is pointing to an earlier arrival of this cold front, which means what? It means temperatures are going to start to drop in the afternoon on Sunday as this cold front pushes through. You'll notice that pink gets a little closer to the Austin Metro this morning. I've slightly increased the chance of a wintry make shower early Monday morning, but still little to no accumulation is expected. I'm just giving you a heads up that if you look at your window Monday morning, see a few snow flurries, maybe see a little bit of rain that looks to be icing over some sleep pellets. You're not going crazy. It's possible, but the majority of us stay dry. This is not a major precipitation event. It's not looking like that. I think by far the temperatures will be the bigger deal here. Seven day forecast shows temperatures in the 70s today. Cold front number one leaves us with windy conditions tomorrow. Sunshine, but only warming to the 50s. Near widespread freeze waking up Saturday morning. Saturday afternoon, you're good. Then the bottom falls out on the numbers. By Sunday, we're only looking at a high of 45 now. Cold front comes in, and Monday and Tuesday, still a dangerous cold. Very little, if any, precipitation accumulation. So regardless if we do see a wintry mix shower, we're not expecting catastrophic impacts there. But the temperatures are a big deal. Wind chills, single digits, and teens Monday morning. Not expected to get too far above freezing here in Austin, meaning there's going to be several areas Looking at a good 36-hour stretch below freezing. Record cold again Tuesday morning, 36 in the afternoon. Finally, we get some milder temperatures in here by Wednesday. So a few more days to prepare for the dangerous cold ahead. All right, Kristen, thank you. Well, as freezing temperatures head towards Central Texas, Austin Pets Alive, is somebody to get their dogs and cats into warmer conditions. This comes as talks of an improved facility are heating up. Artibill Ramana explains. From the youngest to the oldest. This is Beluga. He's one of our senior dogs here on campus. Austin Pets Alive spends each day trying to get these faces into homes. And when we're facing freezing temperatures, 
there's more urgency. I think us and, and many other local organizations are looking ahead at the forecast. Now Austin Pets Alive needs to get about 230 dogs, including this puppy here, Sunset Valley, into homes before that freeze hits. So these tarps here all roll down and zip right together, so it creates a nice windbreak. Stephanie Bilbro with Austin Pets Alive. She says they'll rely on heaters and blankets, but fostering or adopting a dog or cat before the freeze hits will make them a lot more comfortable. Our facility is, you know, 70 years old, um, and while we're kind of waiting to put plans together to rebuild, we really want to make sure that we can keep our animals as comfortable as possible. New facilities have been a talking point for a while. Definitely needs some upgrades, but the staff is doing everything they can. Bill Bro says now that APA has a new license agreement with the city of Austin, they can start planning for the future. Councilmember Mackenzie Kelly says she's all for the upgrades. I would love to see them get additional space to continue their operations. And in whatever capacity that the city plays a role in that, I would be happy to explore. Some of those plans might include larger enclosures, right? More um, comfortable indoor spaces. But for now, things could still be years away with no official plans on the books. And APA hopes people come pick up a dog or cat before the weekend. <laughs> and remember Sunset Valley? Well, she's heading to a new home. I'm praying that people will come at least foster these dogs. But there are still many others who would love to spend the weekend or forever with you. <laughs> Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Mm, so cute. Well, speaking of, APA says they are always in need of monetary donations and that they can use for bowls, uh, for bowls of food as well as water. Yeah, it's cute seeing those cats sticking out at I the know. end too. A totally different vibe there. Okay, let's switch gears here. And a 59-year-old man is accused of making a terroristic threat at Austin's airport. Austin police arrested Charles Kent QB on Tuesday. APD says officers performed a sweep of the area, didn't find any dangerous materials. Now we started looking into this after we got several tips from viewers about a big delay for a Delta flight, possibly over a passenger security issue. That tipster said that several armed police officers came on board. All the passengers had to get off the plane, leaving their belongings behind. They said the flight was delayed for more than eight hours. The airport and Delta both confirming there was a passenger disturbance that resulted in police response, along with the delay and deplaning. Delta adds there was also an initial delay due to weather. The airline had to wait for a crew, a new crew to work that flight after the original group hit its time limit for the day, and that is a federal regulation. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you, Longhorn women back home after two impressive and pretty emotional wins on the road. Texas, after the loss to Baylor, back-to-back -back wins, and Rory Harmon gets to see her teammates in person for the first time since Baylor didn't travel with the Horns. Take it on TCU, Shea Holly. They hit Three late threes in the first half to get a little separation, but back comes TCU. No Sedona Prince, the Liberty Hill product, averaging over 21. Madison Booker, the bucket right there, and then Aaliyah Moore. They extend it to seven, but again, TCU comes back. They can shoot the three, and Madison Connor knocks down the three right there. It's a one-point ball game with just over seven to go. How about Booker? Boy, don't you love a point guard and a freshman willing to take the big shots? And she did just that. She had 21-7 and 6. And Taylor Jones, a little rougher shooting night she's used to, but still that big bucket right there. Horns win. Vic Schaefer not thrilled about a lot, but he was thrilled with his freshman. And the word for the game is tempo. 
the one thing that was different that we needed, Booker played with tempo. Like, she really played with a great tempo tonight at point guard. And uh, we've been talking about that. And um, I've been telling her, if you'll play with tempo, you'll, you know, the rest of your team will play with tempo. And uh, she played with tempo, and I couldn't get anybody else to play with her with tempo. So I guess I was wrong. <laughs> you know, I thought she was really good. Obviously, she made some big shots. And, you know, the good thing, we answered tonight. When they cut it to one in the fourth quarter, we answered. And, and that's always a positive when your kids can go out there and answer and when it gets down to, you know, gets tight. Tough road game this weekend. They go to Manhattan, Kansas. K-State won big against OU last night. They're 4-0 in the Big 12. So is Iowa State. They're the last two remaining undefeated teams in conference play after Baylor loss last night. Men back on the road there at West Virginia on Saturday afternoon. Back to you. Thanks, Roger. The biggest news in the sports world, Alabama head coach Nick Saban has called it a career after 28 years. And during that time, Saban racked up the most national championships in the history of the sport for a coach, winning one during his time at LSU and six with Alabama. That announcement catching the college football world off guard as Saban had just signed an extension with the Crimson Tide back in 2002 that Our would have carried him through the 2030 season. Uh, we actually practice. A look ahead at the Iowa caucus and the unexpected challenge they're going to face to get people out to vote. 